The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hi everyone, Kimberly Falker here, the founder and CEO of the Premier Dance Network, the only podcast network dedicated solely to the world of dance. And welcome to Pod to Chat with your host, Barry Corellis. Before we get started with today's episode, I'd like to take a moment and share a word from our sponsor. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is happy to be the proud sponsor of the Premier Dance Network. Body Rappers' Angela Luzio is known for its fine total stretch tights and Angela Luzio shoes. Tyler Peck, principal dancer with the New York City Ballet, is its spokesperson and designer of Tyler Peck Designs for Premier. It takes a dancer who wears a leotard all day to know what is best in a leotard. So Tyler's beautiful original leotard designs fit perfectly, are ideal for class, rehearsal, or performance, and move well with the body won't ride up in the back. Body Wrappers makes additional apparel for all types of dance that includes ballet, jazz, modern, lyrical, hip-hop, tap, team, liturgical, performance wear for competition and recital, as well as Angela Luzio shoes. You may view all the products at www.bodywrappers.com or to purchase Tyler Peck designs by Body Wrappers, go to dancewearcorner.com or your favorite online dance apparel retailer for all their products. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for coming to chat. I am your host, Barry Corollis, and you are listening to Pod the Chat to Talking Dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this bi-monthly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 16 plus years of experience with you, whether you're a professional dancer or just listening in for an insider's look into our fascinating art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. Greetings all. I offer you a very, very warm (laughs) welcome. It's been real cold here in New York City the last couple of days with this polar vortex on the way. So I'm just trying to stay warm. I hope that you are all staying warm as well. What's new in the world of dance? Um, hmm. I'm, I'm very excited to be heading up to Boston in, uh, I believe it's like a week from now. Uh, so I have some kids from Greenwich Ballet Academy that will be attending Youth America Grand Prix up there and I will be there alongside them as one of their coaches. So I'm really looking forward to that. I know there are a lot of people that attend these events. And if you're a listener, uh, do come up and say hi. I would love to meet some of you guys if you are going to be attending that event. Um, last year, I went to the the New York regionals and then the finals in New York. And it was so cool to uh, get to meet so many people and to get to reconnect with so many uh, former peers, colleagues, uh, and every everybody in between. So uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to Youth America Grand Prix uh, in, in a week from the day that this podcast is uh, going to release. What else is going on? So uh, Broadway Dance Center, my, my typical rundown. Again, I have absolute beginner workshops for beginner, 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 like from the very beginning, beginner uh, dancers, 18 years and over. So if you are curious about learning the art of ballet, you can... Spend eight weeks every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. starting in March for, uh, like I said, eight weeks. <laughs> um, 
you can spend that time with me and I will teach you everything from the positions of your feet and arms to a basic ballet bar and starting to work on center work and maybe you'll learn a few things about the ballet world along the way. Uh, Other than that, let's see, I have my regular classes at Broadway Dance Center, my Tuesday 10.30 a.m. beginner ballet class, and then I have a 4.30 p.m. advanced beginner ballet class. That's a new class that's only been running for a couple weeks so far. And then Thursday is intermediate advanced ballet, and then Fridays I have uh, basic ballet classes at 7.30 p.m. Um, I may be adding extra few classes in ballet and contemporary on the Saturday of President's Day weekend. So I will update you with that information as it comes. All right. So that was a quick and easy intro this week. Nothing too crazy going on. Um, let's see. What are we talking about this week? I, I teach a lot of dancers, uh, like a lot, a lot of dancers. <laughs> I mean, if I estimate, it's probably an upwards of 150 to 200 students per week. Uh, that's what happens when you teach open class in New York City <laughs> and then teach at a couple other schools at tuition-based programs. My students have a range of abilities. They come in all shapes, ages, and sizes, and they all have wildly different training backgrounds. Some have money, some only made it to where they are on merit and the grace of scholarships, and others had generous donors that helped them uh, in, in their dance training because dance training can be real, real expensive. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a reason that I'm mentioning that. I know that seems kind of random, but I'll get to that in a minute. Some students that enter my classroom never plan on having a career, a career, but a significant number of dancers I work with have aspirations to dance in ballet uh, companies, on Broadway, in contemporary companies, modern companies, on TV and movie screens, behind the biggest pop stars as backup dancers and beyond. Now, I'm never one to deter somebody from giving it their all to succeed in having a career, as artists change the rules all the time. But there are certain factors that I often suggest to dancers to consider uh, when it comes to whether or not they are prepared to audition for professional work. We talk about everything here on Pod Chat, so why not give you some of my standards and suggestions that I have offered dancers I've worked with, mentored, or met at workshops, open classes, and master classes. Um... Now, before I go ahead and, and get on to these topics, something that's uh, important for me to, to note is that I, when I first came out of my, my professional career on stage, I, I mean, I, I had come from a recreational school and then I entered pre-professional schools and then I was lucky to be in major dance companies. Um, and there's an interesting uh, mentality that sort of comes up as you... Uh, come as you build your way into schools like that. Um, and the idea is that if you, and this isn't everybody, but it's it's kind of like a generalization, that if you can't get into a company of that level um, or something a bit less than that, then it may not be worth trying at all. 
Um, and I, I used to, to subscribe to that idea, but I've changed a lot over the years. And I know that there are many ways for people to live their lives. And it's the same thing for careers. There are many types of careers that one can have in dance. And in reality, if, if you can do something that is fulfilling and you can find ways to pay your bills, whether it is completely through dancing or if it means that you work a day job and then you spend two hours twice a week rehearsing a piece and performing a show and you uh, make some money off of it and get some fulfillment out of it, then yes, you can be a professional dancer. Um, As a freelance artist, I saw so many different ways that people make a a dance career work. And sometimes it's a full-time job, sometimes it's a part-time job, and sometimes it's a passion project. Um, So when somebody comes up to me and they say, can I be a professional dancer? I usually, the first thing I'll do is I'll ask them, well, what type of professional dancer are you looking to be? Are you looking to be in a ballet company, a musical theater, a modern company, um, and beyond? And then I, what I'll do is I'll try not to specifically deter people from reaching for their dreams unless I feel like it would just be wasting their time. Um, and I try to help them... I mean, I never, I try never to tell anybody exactly what to do, but I'll try to help give them some perspective so that they can make decisions whether they really want to push hard in the area that they're, they're passionate about, or if, uh, maybe they're kind of in the middle and they're coming to a realization that maybe their body is not right for say a ballet company um but maybe they could find their way into a contemporary ballet company or start to focus more on musical theater like those types of things um so that's kind of how i approach this so um let's let's see where this goes i don't really have any notes for this one this is kind of an off the cuff podcast who knows where it's going to go <laughs> All right, so ballet dancers, are you ready to go pro? Um, this one's for the ladies. I mean, not not the whole category, but um, for women uh, that ask me if they're ready to go pro, I, one of the first questions I ask them is something that uh, one of my students about a year ago asked me. They were like, "Do you think that I could make it into a ballet company?" And their their training wasn't necessarily at the intensity for their age that I would think that they would need in order to get into a ballet company. And instead of just, you know, crushing their dreams, I decided instead to pose them a question. And I said, okay, well, let's start here. Do you think that you could stand in your point shoes for six to seven hours today? And she looked at me like I had like five heads. And I said, well, you do realize that professional ballet companies rehearse like a regular work day. So what they end up doing is like they wake up in the morning and they put their point shoes on for class. And then depending on their day, they could be in their point shoes for up to seven and a half hours. And she, this, my student looked at me and and she was like, oh, I definitely don't think I could do that. And I was like, well, if you work more and you get an idea of what that would feel like, um, then maybe that will give you some more perspective into that. So obviously, (laughs) um, being able to wear point shoes for seven and a half hours is not the one and only determining factor uh, as to whether you could make it as a professional in ballet. Um, But there are a handful of factors to consider. Um, Bigger ballet companies, like the more classical ballet companies, tend to uh, hire dancers 
that have no professional experience at, at younger ages. It's changed over the years. Um, before I was coming up, it wasn't uncommon for people 15 to 17 years old to to get into companies. Um, by the time that I was uh, working, it was 16 to 19 was the age group. And it seems now that uh, companies are looking more at like 18 to 20, 21, 22. Um, it used to be taboo to be hired into a company uh, for the first time, a ballet company for the first time after the age of 20. Um, but times have changed. And I know a few dancers that even into their mid-20s have gotten their first company contracts. Um, now, I think the reason that there's an age cutoff uh, for professional work as a ballet dancer is because um, a, a couple different things. First things first is that ballet is probably one of the most challenging uh, forms of dance on the body because it has such a strict aesthetic that is expected of its dancers. Um, and because of all of the wear and tear that that aesthetic, uh, that, that work in the aesthetic puts on the body, that ballet dancers' bodies tend to break down a bit faster than other professions. Um, so I feel like people start capping it off in the mid-20s because they're like, well, some people start retiring at, at this age up, up into their, their early 30s. So even if we do get you for uh, some time, chances are that they're, they're not going to be able to get as much out of, out of a dancer as if they had hired them in their, in their late teens and early 20s. So I think that that's part of the reason why there is uh, an age cutoff for people getting pulled into companies. Um, now... Uh, where else do I want to go with this? Uh, ballet wise. So one thing that I, I, I've seen is dancers that are, are kind of like, they're on the cusp of having a career and they, they're just waiting and waiting and waiting to see if like they should go to auditions. Um, really for women, I think that if you are going to be auditioning for a professional company, you need to be very proficient at point work. If you are, if you feel like you're very strong on flat, but you haven't done much work on points, uh, a professional ballet company probably isn't for you. Not even a, a contemporary ballet company. Um, classical ballet companies obviously uh, have the full range of repertoire when it comes to works on points. Um, and contemporary ballet dancers are are expected to be just as proficient uh, at dancing on point as most classical dancers there there is a little bit more leeway for for dancers to have feet that aren't as flexible or for there to be some weakness in their their point training um but the expectation is there so if you struggle with your point work um i would say that you may not quite be ready to to go pro um dancers they should be able to take an entire class on point. Um, and I, I say this because uh, I, I know some Vaganova programs, when I was at, when I was at the Kirov Academy of Ballet, the, the dancers didn't take all of their classes on point. Um, and I know a lot of the dancers, when they would go to summer program auditions and company auditions, they weren't prepared to to take an entire class on point. So um, if if you really want to become a professional ballet dancer, you should start taking some classes regularly on point because that is that is done commonly now. Um, now, body wise, are you ready to go professional? So there, there's, I guess, there's like a physical aspect to becoming a professional and a uh, an emotional 
one. And I haven't really talked about the guys yet, <laughs> but let's let's talk about the guys. Um, really, the men need to be strong with their pas de deux skills by the time that they're working to, to go professional. And you should be able to do partnered pirouettes. You should be able to do uh, promenades and a range of lifts from press lifts to... Uh, to fish dives, to uh, all of those things. Now, granted, uh, there's space to develop once you get into a a professional company, but most mid-sized to to large-scale companies, the the expectation is that you come in with these skills and that you will refine them as you go on. Because when you're training, you're in the studio and you are able to stop and talk and then try it again and if you're rehearsing for something you have a few months to put something together and you can really like fine-tune it in a ballet company they don't really have time to like tell you how to do the partnering they expect you to be able to do like basic uh classical partnering and then to have the ability to uh adapt very quickly when the partnering is unconventional or something that you haven't seen before there there's very little uh there are very few schools that I know in the country that have uh, really spectacular partnering programs as a part of their schools. Um, but I can tell you that Houston Ballet, Claudio Munoz, uh, who still is, he's in charge of the, the second company with Houston Ballet. He was one of my teachers when I was in the summer program. And he was doing contemporary ballet partnering and classical ballet partnering classes uh, way back in 2000 when I first started uh going to summer programs and their partnering program there is spectacular um if you see the company i would say that they have some of the best partners in the country um if not in the world so padada is definitely a prerequisite that men will need uh if they want to consider becoming a professional um now physical so nobody needs to have a the perfect body to do ballet. Um, of course, it will help you get into to company if you have uh, nicer lines and higher extensions, bendy feet, hyperextension. Did I say hyperextension? Uh, <laughs> I think I said high extensions and then hyperextension of your knees. Uh, one thing that is important, and this is kind of a touchy com- conversation, but weight is a thing in ballet because the women need to be lifted and the men need to lift. And uh, also... It, we're a physical art form that's prized as a, a an art that you get to watch beautiful bodies running around the stage. So uh, if you struggle with your weight, it doesn't mean that you can't become a professional dancer. But um, if you are in a place where you haven't really stabilized your weight... Um, it might be difficult to consider going pro if you're if you're heavy um consider seeking out a nutritionist maybe cut out sweets in your diet and uh try to yeah really cut out sugar but don't get rid of it like have dessert like once or twice a week but no more but small dessert um and just make sure that you're really aware of what you're putting into your body so that you can maintain um but on the other side one thing that I found a lot of students when I was training, they would play with the idea of uh, eating very little. Um, I'm not going to say full out anorexia, but people would dabble in that. And what I what I learned throughout my training is that 
practically no one could succeed in that long term. And even if they made into companies, they burnt out very quickly. So you want to make sure that you have a, uh, a good idea of who you are <laughs> and that you uh, have a, a good hold on your body, even if it's changing. Um, you you want to be able to say, okay, if I put on a few pounds, I have the mental capacity to uh, to, to look at it and uh, assess it and try to work on it without going too far off the deep end. Um, emotionally, are you ready to go pro? Uh, as, as a ballet dancer, you are going to want to make sure that you can handle a lot of stress. A lot of us got hired, uh, as teenagers, um, and you need to have a, a great amount of emotional fortitude to be able to handle living on your own as a kid, and then also being able to, uh, deal with the stress of performance and learning choreography and different personalities and all of that. So maturity is actually something that I would say is a big factor into going, being, being ready to go pro. Um, a lot of dancers physically are ready to become professionals, but that, uh, that emotional aspect that can really be the, the career ending injury for a lot of dancers. So making sure that you have a, a strong support uh, group of friends and family that you can turn to, and then just making sure that uh, you know what it means to be an adult. I remember trying to shield myself as a as a teenager from different things like uh, drinking and uh, smoking and drugs and uh, eating badly and uh, people that I thought were doing bad things, um, or staying up too late, like all those types of things. I tried to shield myself and I've tried to be perfect. Um, what I learned that was, um, I didn't have to be perfect, but as long as I had a good sense of who I was and who I wanted to be, and that if I did, uh, want to do anything that I, I was able to keep myself under control, um, then it was okay. And I think that that's, that's a, a major part of emotional maturity to be able to not judge other people and to make decisions for yourself that won't be harmful to yourself, but also enjoying your life and not restricting yourself so much that you're miserable. Um, so yeah, are you ready to grow, go pro in ballet? I, th I think that really the, the qualifications are just looking at, at physique, looking at technique, and then looking at people's uh, emotional ability to handle the stresses of the job. All right, so Broadway. Are you ready to become a professional in Broadway? Broadway is interesting because uh, I feel like there is, there's a range of people that, uh, a range of dancers that want to go on Broadway. If you've ever looked at an audition call for Broadway, um, they have dancers who sing and they have singers who dance and then they have principals. Um, I'm mostly speaking to the dancers who sing crowd, um, maybe to some of the singers who dance crowd, probably none of the principal characters, but, um, Broadway musical theater, are you ready to become professional? So the things that I typically ask people are how well versed are you in different styles? Uh, Broadway is 
one of those uh, productions where you, or one of those uh, styles where you have to be really, really good at everything. You have to be great at something, but you don't have to be great at everything. Um, so say that you are a great jazz dancer. There will be productions that will be able to really utilize you. But if you can't turn out a ballet class, um, you might struggle to actually get that job or where, uh, maybe they're looking for tap dancers. Um, and most of the numbers are tap, but maybe there's a ballet section in there. Uh, or even like Hamilton, when you see Hamilton, it's, it's a combination of hip hop and contemporary dance. So, um, what I would say to a Broadway dancer is, do you have a, a grasp on an, on an array of styles? Um, not not like a bit, a little bit of knowledge, but do you have a a broader a broader degree of knowledge in different styles of dance? Usually, the ones that are really important to focus on are, uh, of course, ballet, um, jazz contemporary, um, musical theater, and then hip hop is helpful. Tap is, uh, it's a niche, but it comes back a lot in Broadway. So it's good to have a basic understanding of tap. Um, so those are those things. Um, age wise, uh, I feel like there really is no age for Broadway because I've seen some 12 year old dancers on Broadway and I've seen like 60 year old dancers on Broadway. So there's, there's a much different range. So it just really depends where you are in your training. One thing that is extremely important if you are uh, looking to see if you're prepared to become professional on Broadway is to, to make sure that you have at least a mid-level amount of vocal training. Um, of course, there are those niche shows where uh, some of the dancers don't need to sing, like in Phantom of the Opera, there's a, a classical ballet section and those dancers uh, mostly don't have to sing. Um, but every dancer should have a book of songs that they have prepared to audition. And, and, and these songs should be in different styles. They should be researched to make sure that they fit what you're auditioning for. So if you don't have a book, I would say you're probably not ready to audition yet. Um, and if you don't know what a book is, it's time for you to get some vocal lessons. Okay. Um, I, I don't think that singing, unless you have insane natural talent, is something that you can just practice at home listening to the, the radio or your favorite CD and singing along to. I, I do believe that you need to get training. So if you don't have any vocal training, you might want to hold off just a little bit on, on going for those Broadway auditions. What else is there to know about going pro for uh, Broadway auditions? Um, I think it's it's really important to check in with your performance quality and your personality. One of the things that I remember from auditioning for American in Paris, and if you don't know, I, I auditioned for the original production of American Paris. I made it through all of the cuts until the very last uh, group, and I think I had callbacks and uh, in the very last group, there were about 40 dancers. They cut 20 of us, and the last 20 made the show. Um, and one thing that I remember from that last uh, that last moment before I got cut, we were doing a piece that was it was like somewhat musical theater, -y, jazzy, ballet, -y. like it had all three of those things in there. And 
we we did the combination once and i and one of the women at the table stood up and was like i just want you guys to show me that you're having fun and it was weird because for me like coming from a ballet background there's like a certain type of personality that you can put on but you're never supposed to go over the top people would say that you're you're too cheesy um and i went about it in the same way that i did it before but i tried to amp it up just a bit and then somebody else did in the next group and the woman stood up and clapped and was like this is what i'm talking about i want you to not just to have fun i want you to make me want to have fun with you and i i think i got cut after that group um so (laughs) clearly that was something that was important even for a production that was very heavily ballet based but yeah so if you struggle with personality and being able to convey uh an over exaggerated sense of happiness and uh the opposite sadness and and just being able to like over exaggerate your your emotions on your face then uh you might need to get a little bit more work in that and that's that's more in the acting side of things so I mean, you always hear on Broadway uh, that they're looking for triple threats. They want people that can dance, that can act, and that can sing. So really, those are the three things that you want to look at when you try to check in and see if you're ready to go on Broadway. Um, Body-wise, there's a bit more freedom for uh, dancers that are uh, hoping and have aspirations to become professionals on on Broadway um, or in musical theater. Uh, I can tell you that the, the women tend to still be thinner, but uh, there's not as thin as ballet, um, but they usually uh, have a little bit more curves. <laughs> if you don't know what that means, maybe you should look it up, but uh, a little bit more on the top and the bottom. Um, it's it's kind of, think, think more uh, the all-American uh, woman who is... Uh, is is curvaceous and uh, thin and beautiful and bubbly. Uh, and then for the men, one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of the the guys on Broadway, they, they're working out. So in ballet, they want you to work out, but they want you to stay lean. Um, in musical theater, a lot of times when guys come up to me and they say, what do you think I need to work on before I go to auditions? If they say, for instance, if their chest and their arms aren't built up, I will s- usually suggest to them that they, they start working out because um, that's something that I, I've noticed amongst many of the Broadway men is that they are gym bunnies. They all are working out um, and displaying, like making sure that their body looks uh, the way that the culture works on, on Broadway. Um, what else? Commercial work. What about commercial work? What does it take to become a professional? Um, it, it really, for commercial work, it can be anything. Um, really, somebody just has to fall in love with you as a dancer. Uh, we, we've seen everybody from what you would expect in the dance world uh, to people that are plus size to uh, dancers that have disabilities that have found amazing ways to do things like work with wheelchairs, um, like like dancing in their wheelchairs. Or I think one of the guys that was just on the cover of Dance Magazine, what's his name? What's it? Evan Ruggiero? Uh, don't hold me to that. But uh, he uh, lost one of his legs and he has like a variety of uh, artificial prosthetic legs that he dances on um, to create and can to create different types of movements. So, um, commercial work. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like 
You're going to be doing music videos, maybe in movies and television. I know rent just happened on TV, like things like that. Um, so if you're looking to, to go pro in that, I say it's good to be well-versed. A lot of times convention kids uh, end up on Broadway or they end up doing commercial work because it's all about big personalities and being very well-versed. Um, but there are a lot of commercial dancers that are, say, like specifically work in hip-hop. Um, so I, I think that if you feel like you want to work professionally in that, um, I always say be well-versed. But if you are if you are only going to do one thing you better be damn good at it and you better knock people's socks off um other types of commercial work would be like backup dancers um and really it just depends on the type of artist you're working with like if you see uh dancers with lady gaga she loves uh unique personalities uh if you see uh dancers that are working with beyonce she loves women that can kill it in heels and fling their hair about uh, and maybe women that also have some more curves or if you see somebody that's working with Nicki Minaj the curves might be even curvier so um I, I feel like it's it's more about like in commercial work if you don't really have like your own persona I think it, it can be more difficult to get that type of work if if you feel like you can't if, if I asked you to name like your five finest qualities as a dancer and you couldn't tell me, um, then I, I would say it's something you definitely need to work on. Um, commercial work as well can happen at any age. You see somebody like Maddie Ziegler from Dance Moms, who I think she was 13 when she first worked with Sia. Um, you can happen there and it can happen all the way until the day you die. Um, all right, so talked about that. Modern dance companies and contemporary dance companies are evolving. Um, Again, age-wise, I would say that companies, these companies don't have a cutoff, and most dancers actually start a little bit later. Um, you don't have to, but if you're considering going pro in a contemporary or a modern dance company, um, I've noticed that the trend now is that a majority of these dancers have some type of dance degree. Um, some good schools in the country are Juilliard and... New York University, and uh, there is the USC, the University of Southern California Kaufman campus that's doing really well. Point Park in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, is another great school. Uh, so if you're if you are hoping to go pro uh, in contemporary and modern work, uh, I think it's really important to consider looking at universities that could give you uh, a chance to refine your skills outside of high school. Um, so for this reason, age actually for a, the age range, uh, for these companies usually starts after the age of 22. Um, and it caps, it can cap depending on the dancers much later than that. But I've noticed that a lot of the older dancers that make it to their forties, fifties and sixties with these types of companies, um, usually got into the company as a younger dancer and they just refine and reevaluate re their repertoire as they get older. So, um, in the, in contemporary work, I would say, uh, beyond just the conventional ballet technique and modern technique, um, how's your floor work? Uh, if you haven't studied any release technique, um, 
or any type of floor work, I, I would say that that would be something that you should consider before heading to auditions. Um, floor work is a very, very popular thing right now. And most companies are doing some version of that. So you're going to want to have that under your belt before you start going to auditions. Um, for modern, modern, I feel like it's interesting because ballet, contemporary and modern, I feel like are all similar on a scale and contemporary is like right in the middle. So um, really, I can tell you at least half of the things I said for, for ballet with the, my, my description of what you need to go pro uh, as a contemporary dancer. Um, for a modern dancer, it's there's a different type of body aesthetic. It's it's more forgiving. and um, But at the same time, yes, your fitness is very important. Um, I... Who was I? Was I reading something? I was reading something about the Paul Taylor Dance Company recently, and they were talking about the bodies of the dancers and how um, having legs that are a little bit shorter um, or they're a little bit more like bottom heavy, like on the calves, actually helped the dancer get into the company because she uh, was closer to the ground <laughs> than uh, somebody with longer legs and allowed her to have a a much better uh, center of gravity for the movement and the, the motion that Paul Taylor's company looks for. Um, so yeah, ballet, contemporary and modern work, all of that, like in the con the arena of concert dance, um, they're, they're going to have uh, some similarities when it comes to considering whether to go professional. Um, I'd say the main differences are really just uh, contemporary and modern companies tend to higher dancers that have dance degrees where in ballet it's still the youngins that they're looking for um trying to think if there's anything else i mean there there's other type of dance work that I, like the other types of dance work that i can think of would be like cruise ships and disney um i get i get this question a lot uh especially at broadway dance center because it's kind of like a precursor to musical theater. Um, I, I have, I, I don't want to diss anybody um, that has worked for these companies or uh, I don't want to keep anybody that is, is inspired by these companies to uh, these types of jobs to, to seek them. But um, most of the experiences I've heard from cruise ships and uh, working for Disney have not been the most positive experiences. Dancing on concrete, stuck on a ship for six months without any class. Um, so yeah, if you, if you feel like you're ready to go pro, um, and your dreams are musical theater, but you think that a cruise ship or Disney is going to help you along the way, I would say stay and train, stay home and train because there's only a certain, like, there's only a certain age group that can train outside of open class programs. Most of the, the training programs cap at I mean, depending on the style, it could be anywhere from 18 to 21 to 26. You don't usually see like full out training programs past the age of 26, 28. Um, so if you are just trying to get a job to get a job so you can have the glory of saying, I, I went pro, um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's the best option. I always say train and try to get on Broadway. And then if you find I need to make money or I actually really want to see the world, um, and not have to worry about paying my rent and make and just put all my money in the bank, a cruise ship might be for you. Um, 
if you if you are considering going pro, uh, I would say that generally you should be considering the same type of work as musical theater, as a musical theater dancer is that's considering to go for Broadway type work, um, because a lot of stuff that happens on cruise ships in Disney are those very flashy shows where you're singing and you're dancing, um, and you need to be able to dance in a variety of styles. Uh, one of my friends, <laughs> he, he worked for Disney and uh, then he worked for ballet company and Disney and then a, a national tour. And um, he posted a video of him at Disney. And I mean, he had more of a ballet background and uh, he posted a video of him doing what they considered a hip hop section. I mean, it wasn't like hip hop, but it was hip hop. And it was real fun to see him uh, like trying his chops out at the hip hop section uh, because it just, I mean, it just went to go show that you had to be versatile and willing to do whatever. So again, if you want to do cruise ships or Disney, um, really look into, listen to what I said for the musical theater and Broadway section for what it's going to take to go pro. Um, you just need to be well-versed in every area. Um, I think that that's about all I have. I have a little section for non-conventional dance work, but I kind of addressed that in uh, the commercial work. It's it's the kind of idea like uh, Axis Dance Company, which is a company for um, disabled dancers and uh, modern dancers that are not disabled. And they work together and create beautiful, beautiful art. Um, or uh, other types of uh, work. Uh, I have a friend who she dances in Central Park. She's the the Central Park ballerina. Um, I would consider that non-conventional dance work. Um, and really in that type of situation, that's up to you. Like if you can make it work, then you can make it work. Um, there, there really is, there are no boundaries. Um, if you want to create a career in dance, you can do it. Um, as long as you can get people to like you and you have some type of, uh, entertainment value, you don't even have to have great technique. Of course, the better your technique and skills and singing and uh, all of those things, uh, your physique and whatnot, of course, it could elevate you to those uh, better known, more uh, th those harder to reach goals like dancing for a major professional ballet company, um, getting on that Broadway show, dancing behind, I don't know, Lady Gaga or Beyonce or uh, ending up in uh, a movie or dancing with a company like Hubbard Street Dance or anything like that. Um, you may not be able to attain that if you're doing non-conventional dance work, but uh, some people that are, I, I mean, I walk through Times Square every day and I see people, uh, we call it busking, but people busking uh, and making a living off of that and bringing joy to people. Even some people, this drives me nuts, but the buskers that uh, dance on the subway cars. Um, but yeah, so there, there really is no formula to tell you, I'm sorry if you listened all the way to the end and are disappointed to hear that there really is no formula to going pro. Everybody has their own pathway. And as long as you are sensible, you work your booty off and you, uh, you get good training and you find unique pathways to get to get, get the skills and experience that you need, I, I think that you can go professional. But um, just make sure the number one thing out of all that is to just in, make sure that you, you are emotionally capable of committing to the job because dancing is some of the hardest stuff to do on earth. Um, and it's some of the most rewarding stuff to do on earth. Um, but you just want to make sure that you, you can handle the type of pressure that it means to uh, execute live performance. All right, so I hope that that really helped you all. And it was, this was uh, a little bit more of a, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like I said, I, I didn't follow any specific format in this, um, but I, I wanted to give you some ideas because there, there is no formula to becoming a professional, but we could all use as much guidance as possible. And hopefully if anything here helped you out, um, that would just warm my heart. And if you have any suggestions, uh, I'll leave some information on how to contact me uh, below. And I, if it's great, I will share it in a future podcast. Alrighty. Let's call this episode done. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode of Pod to Chat Talking Dance. If there are any topics you'd like to hear me talk about, please feel free to reach out to me via my website contact page at www.barrycorollis.com. Again, that's www.barrykerollis.com. You can also reach out on there if you'd like to become a sponsor for our podcast or to book masterclasses in ballet or contemporary technique for choreography or speaking engagements. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcast on the Premier Dance Network. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B. Carolis, or on Twitter at Bariscos. Also, be sure to check out my blogs. I have Life of Freelance Dancer, which is archived after five years of writing. And on that website, I wrote about working as a freelance artist across the country and an independent contractor for over five years. You can find that at lifeofafreelancedancer.blogspot.com. I also have Dancing Offstage, and you can find that at dancingoffstage.wordpress.com. And on that blog, I talk about the post-performance careers of professional dancers. I also have a YouTube channel if you want to check out my choreography and you can find that by going to youtube.com and going to the search bar and typing in B, that's the first initial of my first name, Corollas, and that's my last name. Thanks for listening in to Pod to Chat. I hope you return two weeks from this Friday to talk dance with me. And remember to go out and support your local dance scene.